Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining me today. This is part two on a message I'm entitling, Treasures in Cracked Pots. I did a little research on that little phrase, cracked pots, and it actually goes back to an analogy of somebody who has taken a hit to the head that's so severe that it cracks your skull and it affects your brain inside. In other words, you may have a concussion or you may have some other problem because you've taken a hit to the head and your skull is cracked, okay? But as I think about crack pots, that's who God uses. Crack pots who have a treasure within them. You know, there's a renowned child psychiatrist named Robert Coles. And he tells the story in his graduate class at Harvard University about a person that he had been working with. And he says, I've been doing therapy with a man for 15 years. He is as angry, as self-centered, and as mean as he was the first day he walked into my office. The only difference is now he knows why he is so angry and why he is so mean. Dr. Coles pointed out that although the psychiatrist has provided his client with insight as to how his childhood emotional woundings had affected his adult dysfunction, the man still had not changed. So Cole asks, could we conclude that what this man needed wasn't just information, but transformation? Is transformation, he asked the class, even possible for human beings? Some people say, well, there's no way they can change. That's why we come up with phrases like, once an addict, always an addict, or once a loser, always a loser. Transformation is possible for human beings, but it's not possible for us to bring it about on ourselves. You see, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again. As a matter of fact, we're living in a world today that is so dysfunctional that it is now embracing dysfunction as the way to function. Paul says, no, I'm much different. We are much different as followers of Christ. We have been transformed. So today I want to continue on the message talking about God using crackpots because of the treasure that resides within us. It's coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says that we have gained tenacity. Verse number 1, we have this ministry because of God's mercy. And we learned yesterday that that's the ministry of reconciliation, bringing lost lives into a relationship with Christ so we don't lose heart. Uh, We are ministers of a new covenant and the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so what do you think about the gospel? I mean, nobody's going to make up the gospel. People who look up at making up things, they're going to work at something that is humanly driven. But the gospel is too bizarre, too unthinkable for anybody to make it up. You see, people who embrace religion would never make up something uh, that would be so simple as receiving a free gift. No, no, you got to work your way out of the mess that you find yourself in. And so Paul says, I have tenacity and I don't lose heart because of God's mercy. This treasure that he's talking that is residing within him and residing within the heart of every believer is the treasure of the gospel. He says, not only that, we have gained the truth. Uh, We can be totally transparent. We don't have to use distortion or deception. 
As a matter of fact, that's why the message of Christianity can sometimes feel so harsh, because it is so painfully truthful. It's not based on deception. It's not based on distortion. It is plainly the Word of God, the work of Christ. And Paul says, we do this openly. He says, now, if you don't get this gospel, it's because you have been blinded, and it's a veil that is over you. And then he says in verses 4 through 6, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God. And so Paul reminds them again, I'm not preaching myself, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. So we have been transformed. We're not just reformed, we are transformed. You know, when I think about religion as a whole, I think most religious systems are made up to allow us to learn how to navigate in the culture in which we find ourselves living in. And that's why there's this big debate in many faiths as to what we should do about our beliefs on homosexuality, our beliefs on transgender, our beliefs on all these other issues that our culture faces, our beliefs about uh, the sanctity of life, our beliefs about abortion. Why are these so controversial? Because our culture is saying one thing, but the Word of God is saying another thing. And so a good religious person would try to find a happy medium. How can we navigate in this world that we're living in so we can all get along? Jesus didn't come so that we could all get along. Jesus came so that we could get along with God and have a relationship with Him, be reconciled with Him. And when that happens, all of a sudden the light comes on and the veil is lifted. And Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, watched that show, Storage Wars. Now, the last place you may expect to find a treasure, a pirate's treasure on dry land, is in an abandoned storage locker. But in 2011, uh, there was an auction that took place, and two of these storage lockers were sold for $2,000. Well, when the buyer opened up these units, they discovered that one of them contained a heavy box. Inside that box was a fortune of gold pirate coins, pieces of eight, and, uh, and all of these were tied together, and they were discovered that they were more than 200 years old. Well, these coins were valued at $500,000, making this find the second most lucrative discovery in Storage Wars history. Uh, would you like to know what the most valuable discovery was? The most valuable discovery of Storage Wars was cash found inside of a, a lock safe. The cash was $7.5 million hidden inside this lock safe. 
Well, the winning buyer of the locker found this safe inside after the auction, and, and he took it to a locksmith. And when the safe was opened, the new owners were stunned to find his fortune in cash inside. Well, shortly after, of course, uh, this hit the media, and a lawyer contacted the winning couple, saying that he represented the original owners, and he was offering a reward for the return of the cash. The new owners eventually set it for a $1.2 million reward in exchange for returning the rest of the cash. And when you think about this, what makes us different? It's not what's on the outside. It's inside. All of us are cracked pots. But Christ followers have this all-surpassing power that is from God. It's not from us, but it's from God. This treasure is worth so much more than we can ever imagine. You see, if you don't have this treasure, you don't realize the worth of the treasure that you have. It kind of reminds me of the story of a, of a little girl, and she came to her dad and says, Dad, uh, can I have a dollar? And the dad reaches into his wallet and says, well, I'm so sorry, honey. I don't have a dollar, but here's a 20. Would you take that? Uh, and as the little girl began to reach for the $20 bill, she starts crying. She says, no, daddy, I want a dollar. And the father tried to explain to his daughter that this $20 bill was 20 times worth more than the dollar bill. But she didn't get it. You see, in her mind, that $1 bill was what she wanted. That was the highest level of money she had ever seen. She didn't think the $20 was worth $20. All she could see was she wanted that dollar. How many times do we do the same thing? We hang on to something worthless, something that is minor in value, and we reject the great treasure that Christ has for us. Well, we've learned a lot about how we can have this treasure that is residing within us, all made possible because of God's mercy. We are devoted to Christ because he has, in his mercy, given us forgiveness. Now, there's something else that we want to look at today in the broadcast, and that is what makes us different. Why are we different from everybody else? It's not our looks. It's not our intellect. It's not our opportunities. It is our faith. That's what makes us different. We are now reaching down further into the chapter, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 15. Paul says, we're hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And then Paul says something really interesting in verse 10. He says, we carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. So now he explains what he just said. We who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, for his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. So there's a conflict here. Uh, on one hand, we're dying, but on the other hand, we're constantly being uh, revived and, and constantly living. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from 
the dead will also rise us and Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Now, we've got to unpack some things here. Paul says that we're given over to death for Jesus' sake. Now, the reason he is saying this is because we will never experience being born again until we are willing to die to ourselves. We are given over to death so that life may be revealed to us in our mortal bodies. Oh, death is at work in us. The wages of sin is death, but the spirit of life is also working within us. Paul says we have this same spirit of faith so that we can believe. Now, that's an interesting phrase, that spirit of faith. In 1 John 5, 4, it tells us that everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So we're different because of our faith. There's a different spirit of faith that resides within us, within these clay pots, within these cracked pots. There is a faith, a spirit of faith that is within us. Now, it's very easy to see the contrast between those who have the spirit of faith and those who do not have that same spirit. As we look at the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, we see that Moses sends 12 spies into the land of Canaan. Now, their job was to do a survey of the land, to do a survey of those who occupied that land, and Moses wanted these spies to come back and kind of come up with a plan of what they needed to do to defeat this enemy. As they enter into this uh, occupied territory, this land of Canaan that was promised to the nation of Israel, Moses sends these 12 spies in. There was one spy from each of the 12 tribes. Two of those spies, Joshua and Caleb, went into the promised land. And so for 40 days, these men, all 12 of them, are traveling and they're scouting out the territory that God had promised to them. When they returned, they gave very different reports. Even though their physical eyes had seen exactly the same thing, 10 of the spies gave back one report. Two spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave back a much different report. Caleb said, let's go up at once. Let's take possession for we are well able to overcome them. Joshua and Caleb says, listen, they're big. The land is fruitful. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. There's giants in that land, but we can overcome them. Let's go take it right now, says Joshua and Caleb. But the other 10 spies, they banded together and they said, we are not able to go against the people. They are stronger than we. Now, what was the difference? God said that Caleb had a different spirit. Numbers 14, 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and it follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land that he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now, that different spirit was the spirit of faith. Joshua also had that spirit of faith. 
And because of it, both he and Caleb were able to inherit the promised land. As a matter of fact, I like these guys so much that my third child, I named Joshua Caleb because of the favorable report that these two spies came back with. Now, those who did not have the spirit of faith were unable to enter in. All 12 spies had observed the very same thing, but their perspectives were determined by what was inside of them, not what they saw. Likewise, you and I don't see with our eyes. We see through them. Spiritually seeking, we see with our hearts. And anyone with the spirit of faith can see victory even before it is visible to others. You see, Paul talks about this different kind of spirit, this spirit of faith. And so he says, because we have this spirit of faith, the New Life version of this passage, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, says this as we follow along with Paul's mindset, because there's that different spirit, we are pressed on every side. In other words, we still face the pressures, and maybe even more because of being a follower of Christ, we got pressure on every side. It is a multifaceted pressure cooker for us. It's not just pressure on one side, it's on every side. It's just not one area of our lives, it's every area of our lives. That's why when you become a follower of Christ, you've got to have a different spirit within you, or you will be consumed by the pressures of this world. Paul says, we are pressed on every side, but we still have room to move. We are often in much trouble, but we never give up. Somebody once told me this, and I've never forgotten. As a follower of Christ, you're going to find yourself in one of three places all the time. You can either find yourself right smack dab in the middle of trouble. (laughs) It seems like that's where I spend a lot of time, right in the middle of trouble. Well, maybe you're not in the middle of trouble right now. Maybe you just came out of some trouble, and you are breathing a sigh of relief, saying, thank you, Lord, I made it through that trouble. Well, uh, don't celebrate too long, because the third place you're going to find yourself is getting ready to go back into trouble. Uh, So if you just came out of some trouble, get ready. Uh, You're going to be pressed on every side. You're going to be having trouble often, but we never give up. Why don't we ever give up? Why do we have this tenacity? This tenacity of a bulldog is because of what lives within us. There's a spirit of faith within us. He said people make it hard for us but we are not left alone. We're knocked down, but we're not destroyed. I think it was the psalmist who says, a righteous man may fall seven times, but it gets back up. It's not that we're never knocked down. It's that we don't ever stay down because there's a spirit of faith that lives within us. We refuse to be destroyed. Verse number 10, we carry marks on our bodies that show the death of Christ. This is how Jesus makes his life seen in our bodies. Every day of our life, we face death because of Jesus. In this way, his life is seen in our bodies. Oh, death is working in us because we work for the Lord, but his life is working in you. So we're not crushed. We're not despaired. We're not abandoned. We're not destroyed. I love the fact that the Lord never will abandon us. He will never allow us to be destroyed. You see, our forgiveness makes us devoted because of the mercy of God. Our faith makes us different. We have a different spirit about us. 
We're not discouraged easily. We're not despairing easily. And it's not because we're so great. Remember, Paul reminds us that these are clay pots, fragile. They're not strong. They're not imposing. It's what's within us that makes us strong. Well, let's finish up by talking about what makes us determined. Okay, we're devoted to Christ because of the mercy that we've received. We have a different spirit that's living within us. Why do we keep on keeping on? Paul says it's because of our future. We're down to verses 16 through 18. Paul says, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Oh, I love that, don't you? Christians age just like non-Christians. Our bodies begin to break down. You know, every morning when I wake up, my body is stiff and my body aches and and I hate to crawl out of that bed because I know uh, it's going to take me an hour to kind of feel like I don't have any more stiffness and things hurt. And, and as you get older, you discover that what doesn't hurt doesn't work. And you got to get back into the flow and things. you got to stay moving on ahead. And, and Paul says, you know, that's happening. We are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. And then verse number 17. Well, if this word doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet. Right here, Paul says, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He says, we fix our eyes not on what we see, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, Paul is not denying the troubles that we're facing. He's wanting us to keep them in the right perspective. He says they're light and they're momentary. In other words, compared to what Christ went through, our troubles are light. Compared to what Christ went through, we must remember that they're achieving something. When Jesus died on the cross, it achieved something. Now, Jesus didn't need to redeem us. He didn't say, man, I'm so empty, i got to redeem these people. No, he was completely full of his Godhead, right? He lacked nothing. He didn't redeem us because he needed something to be done for him personally. He did it for our sake. It was to achieve that glory in us. So we fix our eyes on what is not seen, that is that eternal. You see, our renewing is something that is done constantly. He says, we're being renewed day by day. There's a sports writer by the name of Mitch Albin who had a favorite college professor. Well, he hadn't seen this college professor in 20 years, but he learned that this professor was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. Well, he decided to renew his friendship, and every week he would meet with this college professor. In his best-selling book, Tuesday with Maury, Album uh, describes their visit, focusing on his old professor's wit and insights. During one of their conversations, Mitch asked Maury Schwartz why he bothered following the news since he wouldn't be around to see how things would turn out anyway. In response, Professor Schwartz offered a brilliant insight into empathy. He says it's hard to explain, Mitch. Not that I'm suffering. I feel closer to people who suffer 
than I ever did before. The other night I was watching something on TV and I saw in Bosnia people running across the street, getting fired on, killed, innocent victims. And I started to cry. I I felt their anguish as if it were my own. I don't know any of these people, but how can I, how, how can I put this? He says, I'm almost drawn to them. You see, Jesus understands our suffering in a very special way since he suffered himself. I want you to join me tomorrow. I'm going to finish up the last part of this message in the beginning of the Wednesday's broadcast. But I want to encourage you today, if you don't know Christ, if you don't have that treasure residing within you, if your life is feeling hopeless and and you feel like you need a reason to keep on going, why not put your faith in trust in Jesus Christ? You discover that you will be inwardly renewed day by day. Hey, listen, if I can help you, if I can pray for you, shoot me a text at 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for joining me today. Lord, help us to take this message and apply it to our hearts today. Help us to glorify you because you have given us this wonderful treasure called the Spirit of God that lives within us. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.